Welcome back to the Brave Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Chantel Hampton, and this is your boost of empowerment. The Brave Evolution is all about you being brave enough to dig deep and face the fears, face the ugly, and face the horrible cards you were dealt, and allowing those beautiful jewels deep inside of you to take root and to grow. Welcome back to the Brave Evolution podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, I have a dear friend of mine that I met years ago. It's years, years ago. It feels like forever. But Miss Quante Turner. Um, Welcome, Quante. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to see you again. It's great to see you too. Quante Turner, also known as Q, is a multi-talented creative and entrepreneur. She is the founder of Q Made It, an Emerald City plant shop, the first Black woman-owned plant shop in New England. She has over 10 years of experience in community organizing, event management, recruiting, and facilitating conversations and trainings around diversity, equity, and inclusion. In her spare time, Quante loves building connections and sharing resources with those new to the Boston area as one of the lead organizers for the Boston Young Black Professionals, whose mission is to curate more space for professionals of color to fully enjoy all that Boston has to offer. She is a proud member of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated and a native of Mattapan, who is passionate about creating a more inclusive and connected Boston. Thank you again, Quante, so much for being here. Oh man, you're making me want to miss. Uh, you're making me want to miss Boston. Not not this time of year. It's starting to get cold over here. It was like 30 <laughs> degrees and frost. I was not ready this morning. Oh, yikes. 30 degrees. <laughs> Top of November. I mean, yeah. I'm in Florida. It's hot all the time. But, um, man, I do kind of miss it, though. Like, I wouldn't mind actually coming up and seeing the snow, like, just once. Maybe just right. seeing <laughs> Vacation in it, like, for a couple of days and then going back yeah, to the world. I need to switch that. <laughs> let somebody else shovel let somebody else yeah I'm good with that but yeah I even wore my um my Celtics um hoodie (laughs) to represent home all right well welcome again thank you so 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 much Um, I'm so proud of you and um I think I wrote down like I've I've known you since probably around 2009 um, when you were at school um, at WPI, Worcester Polytechnic Institute, for those that don't know. Um, I worked in student affairs there in the Office of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Affairs. And um, what was your major when you were there? Oh my gosh, I was a civil engineering major in environmental studies. So I was a double major, I was a little crazy. (laughs) Oh, yes, I do remember that. Wow. Okay. Because I think, yeah, I asked like you and Jahari that all the time. Like, what are you major? I know the two, the only two that were symbols because everyone else is like chemical or mechanical science or something like that. Yep. (laughs) But that is so cool. So it's so good that um, we've reconnected. And I know I probably told you back then, like, oh, my mom's maiden name is Turner. And so. 
my family, I'm from a family of Turners and we still have not figured out if there's a link, but um, no, we've always connected. So it's so good to see where you are and um, see your journey over the years. And um, I'm so, I'm so proud of you for that. And back in those days, you were quiet and really sweet. You still are. Uh, well, I don't know about quiet, but... <laughs> You know, it's funny. I feel like I get the quiet exterior, but once you get to know me, I can be very loud. And <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and then, I mean, especially you were quiet when you came into the office, but um, I could tell you were always thinking you were always creative from what I remember. Um, but when you were at WPI, what did you see yourself doing full time? The fact that you were a double major is ambitious in itself, but like, what were your thoughts? What were you thinking? <laughs> You know, so I, when I was in school, you know, my whole world had turned upside down because all the way up until freshman year, until I took my first like bio class and my first chemistry class, I was intent on being a vet, a veterinarian doctor. Um, And then I took my first bio class. I was like, I cannot do eight years of this. Um, And also like just when you're at an engineering school and everyone's graduating, making 70 plus thousand, and then you realize that if you go to vet school, that's what you make after, you're like, that's not really enticing. So, um, you know, when I realized that that wasn't going to be my life path, I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. And so I kind of just picked civil engineering because it was kind of the closest to environmental without all the crazy chemistry. Um, Mm. And then they created my second major environmental studies my sophomore year and I was like oh this sounds fun let me just add it (laughs) onto the plate um but yeah then I like I was my whole mission was like to get through school (laughs) I mean for those that aren't aware WPI is on a very different um system in terms of the projects in terms of like accelerated seven-week classes start to finish so you know when you're when you're in it you're you're just focused on trying to get through it um and so I I had known that I didn't necessarily love engineering I just was decent at math and science um but towards the end of my junior year um the beginning of my senior year I knew that I really loved working with students. Um, You know, before I came to WPI, I'd worked at the aquarium in Boston for a number of years. Um, And then, you know, working with the different um, clubs and organizations on campus, I knew I wanted to be in that area. So, you know, fortunately I had great people like you and Natanya and uh, Greg Snotty at WPI that that put me, that um, they actually sponsored me to go to a student affairs conference sometime in my senior year. And so I knew the bug was already planted that I would be coming back around student affairs so when Mm. I graduated I told myself I was like all right you spent four years (laughs) and countless numbers of hours getting this degree you should at least try it so I worked at Turner Construction for like nine months Mm. didn't like it um switched over to like environmental consulting which was tolerable I guess for me but um the company I worked for was was small and they hit a rough patch so they had a lot of layoffs and I was one of them Mm. and you know fortunately for me I was working in Worcester at the time and there was an opening in admissions at WPI and I had been an intern there while I was a student so I kind of just wiggled my way back over to WPI and that's where I was for the last uh well from 2012 to 2016 yeah wow that's cool. That is really cool. I did not 
realize all of that. It's crazy how life takes you on this journey, like this unexpected journey. And um, just even talking to college students and people that, I mean, I feel like I've kind of always done that, try to encourage people in their path and everything, um, especially in school and then coming out of school. But mm. I try to tell students, you know, your major is what it is, but life takes you on twists and turns. And right? trust the process, trust it. So um, you've done that beautifully. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I know I was, that was the number one thing I always was talking to students when I was recruiting for, for college. I was like, listen, everyone I know at this, at this stage has, for the most part, transferred out of engineering or doing something completely different or teaching. Right. And, you know, so it doesn't really matter what you get your degree in. It's kind of wherever life takes you. It's so true. WPI was rigorous. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how I got so through stressed. those four years. Like PTSD. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know either. Y'all would come in so stressed, like <laughs> over it. Oh, <laughs> all the time. Oh my gosh. Um, what created your like what what where do you find that spark of creative entrepreneurship? Like what sparked that journey? Um, and what made you so pivot in one of my episodes I'm talking to another friend of mine about just like making a pivot from music into a whole different career but for you what made you okay step away from WPI and what you were doing there and then spark that creative uh, entrepreneurship path yeah for the longest time I hated the term entrepreneur or like even identifying with it but and I don't really know where that comes from I think at the time it was more so the stigma around like, oh, you're an entrepreneur. That's like code for you not knowing exactly what you do for a living. And I, and I hated that yeah, narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that was always kind of in my, in my spirit, in my nature, going back to like when I was seven, selling my toys on the side of the road and doing lemonade stands. And, you know, thinking back to high school, actually, that's where it kind of took off. I would, um, sell candy out of my locker just to make ends meet. I didn't come from much. So anything outside of the bare necessities at home, um, I'd have to kind of fund. So I got, I got creative with how to make money. And then, um, you know, my senior year rolled around and I went to the O'Brien in Boston and we didn't at the time have, you know, school gear. We didn't have like senior class trips. So I was, you know, I took, I was like, oh, I can make some sweatshirts. So I'd take my little 91 Integra, my first car and drive to screen printing places and, and get everyone their merch. And so that, that spirit has always been with me. I think when, you know, I was at WPI, I was focused on, you know, getting through and, and and making ends meet while I was there. And it wasn't until I had more time and space uh, that in 20, 14 actually when I switched when I switched over in 2014 my goodness yeah 20 sorry 2015 is when I started my cube media business so after I got settled in you know the world of admissions um, I had a little bit more time and so I just you know wanted to kind of create things that I like. And I noticed that people, other people would like them. And so my stepmother was the one that gave me the idea. She was like, why don't you just post some of your stuff on Facebook marketplace or, you know, or start an Etsy page is free. Um, 
And that's how I started my Q Media business. I started doing, you know, things with old records because I just randomly made myself a record clock and, um, you know, my friends wanted them and then it kind of spread. Um, And then it was just kind of whatever, I think for me, the creativeness comes from living my life and the different interests that I have. So, you know, I love baking. So at at one point I was baking as part of my business. You know, I recently um, became a dog mom. So, you know, creating cool (laughs) things for, for pups and things. So a lot of, you know, all of the things I create have stemmed from, you know, just a particular interest in my life or like a passion area um and that could be said for now the plants that is so awesome that is so cool um I feel like I completely identify because <laughs> I think um I think that's why even in certain jobs or things that I have, I get antsy so quickly because I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit um like I remember in second grade starting a greeting card business and like <laughs> drawing every day after school. And then I had a friend, I'd go to their house and I'd be like, okay, we got to do this. And I already had an employee and I was like, you're not doing it right. And then- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but drawing, but yeah, the same thing, high school doing hair and like college doing, you know? And so, yeah, I get it. And, um, That is so cool, though, regarding your inspiration. And I know just like in 2018, when Black Panther came out, um, your Wakanda design like really took off. Like, yes, (laughs) what happened there? So I, you know, everyone was so excited about the movie coming out and, you know, in my bio, I mentioned the Young Black Professional. So I was doing different events in the city. So I... I, I just like had a little sketch in my head and I'm not a designer by trainer. All of my designs either come through Canva or publishers or any even, I'm not even fully versed in Photoshop or any of those crazy means, which is why I always tell people, you know, start where you are. Um, right. But I had, you know, put the design together and I was like, let me, let me make a pin. I don't know. Like, I, I think I had bought one pin and I was like, oh, I want to start a pin collection. So let me, I should, I should start making pins. And so I put it together. Um, they finally came in. I tagged it, uh, tagged this um, page called Black Pin Maker League. So it's just a whole bunch of um, black lapel pin makers um, and all their designs. So I tagged them and I remember exactly where I was when I started hearing my phone, like go off constantly with orders and I was like what is happening and then I looked on Instagram and I noticed that they had reposted my 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 pin um and then it it just went viral from there so I'm not on Twitter but my friends are and they was like oh did you are you on Twitter like they sent me these screenshots Jesse Williams had retweeted my pin um Yvonne Orgy had retweeted my pin so a whole bunch of different people were like retweeting it and so the it just completely changed the game for me and I was actually able to leave my job I from WPI went and worked at Emerson um, and if anybody in admissions knows like January February you're like head deep in reading applications and so it was to the point where I was reading applications pretty much nine to five and then from five to nine packing orders all night and I was doing this for a number of weeks and I was like I just I can't do it because the nice thing about it too was that people are going to the 
my Etsy page to buy the pin and then they'd see all the other designs I'd got. So wow. it wasn't just like just repackaging and, and sending out pins. I then had to make my mats, I had to make my other t-shirts. Yeah. Um, and so March came around and I was like, I cannot keep doing this anymore. Like there's only 24 hours in a day and I can't work all 24 hours. I still need right. to eat, sleep. Um, so I basically attempted to leave my job outright and it was like, no, no, no. How about part-time? And so I stayed part-time <laughs> until the fall. Um, and then I told myself, I was like, you know, we're going to do this, give it a good try for a solid year, see it through all the seasons. Um, and then we'll reevaluate if you want to go back to working for someone, because that experience is always there. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. when you, when you ride a wave of going viral or, or hit like a gold mine, you gotta, you gotta see where that takes you. So, um, I did. And the first couple months was great. And then the, the remaining couple months was a struggle. You know, I was, working uber i was delivering groceries i was doing bartending anything i could make yeah. to make ends meet and you know at the i would say yeah at the end of 2019 i went back to the working force like, only for a, a couple of months before covid hit yeah. <laughs> and then i was um you know unemployed i got you know, unfortunately laid off with the program i was at um and so my second time at and doing entrepreneurship, I had a lot of lessons that I learned the first time around um, and kind of made it work the, the second time. Wow, that's awesome. Wow, what a story. <laughs> that is so inspiring. <laughs> like, it's inspiring, it's encouraging, but you made some really great points. And um, the one big thing that stands out is like, start where you are. Like, you have to sometimes people think you have to have all this knowledge and all of this skill, but you just have to have the vision and the creativity to try it um, and the willingness yep. to try it. That's encouraging. Yep. Um, what is, what is Emerald City Plant Shop where you are right now? You can see the yes. logo in the back. Um, <laughs> what is it and how did this venture begin? Oh my goodness. So Emerald City Plant Shop is New England's first Black-owned plant shop, um, and it's a botanical um, event space. So a lot of people love being around plants, but don't necessarily want to care for all of them. And so you can have your events in basically an indoor jungle. So um, Emerald City <laughs> came about um, around the same time, around like 2018. Um, a friend of mine's was working at a, a nursery or plant shop in Boston and it was niche um, in, in the South End. And so I loved plants. And as soon as I stopped traveling for work for a mission, so when you're in emissions, you are gone weeks, sometimes months at a time. And so keeping anything alive, let alone a plant was impossible. So um, my plant habit budded when I was basically grounded when I stopped traveling for work. And so around 2018, um, I decided to work part-time at Niche just to learn more about plants, be around plants, have a cool, you know, part-time gig that just brought me joy. Um, and, you know, to just basically have extra money to buy plants. So um, when COVID hit and the initial quarantine was lifted, so we shut down basically from April to I think May. And when we reopened in May, we basically couldn't keep any plants on the shelf. Um, there were, you know, we had the minimum um, occupancy. So there was lines basically outside the door and it did, it was sometimes it was like, you know, 
40 degrees, like it still wasn't, you know, quite summer yeah. or spring yet. Um, and so I was like, this is crazy. People are really, you know, the combination of everyone being forced to stay home and, you know, kind of creating, was it, I think uh, the couple of industries that did thrive during the throes of quarantine was the, you know, plant business and like home improvement project because everyone was home. Yeah. Um, so this was, you know, so... May 2020. And so at this time, you know, I had been baking to make ends meet because, you know, I got laid off, but my employment didn't check kick in until a couple months later. So I had to get creative with how I was going to support myself in the meantime. And so um, when the plant store reopened, I noticed that there was a huge boom. And so I was still doing pop-ups for my cumated business, kind of selling all different types of kind of black inspired pop culture goods mm -hmm. and um my cousin jada she owns and runs black owned boss which is basically a directory of black owned businesses in and around the boston area and so i was helping her kind of um break into the market area and, and doing market markets and she secured a month-long pop-up at legacy place in dedham which is oh, majority okay. white area <laughs> so i knew that you know my my protect black people shirts, my Wakanda gear, that wasn't necessarily going to be, you know, flying off the shelves. Um, because prior to that, I did most of my vending, like within like Roxbury, which are, you know, for those that aren't familiar with Boston is like Got the it. historically black areas of Boston. Right, right. Um, so with this new pop-up, I was like, all right, let's, let's, I, I have to pivot again. Right. I have to think about expanding my audience reach. Um, and I had that knowledge from working at the plant store. I was like, well, plants are, plants are hot right now. Let me, let me try doing a plant pop-up because there's also not a lot of plants uh, on the South shore of Boston or plant shops. And uh, basically it was Saturday and Sunday every weekend between Black Friday and Christmas. And I sold out every weekend. It was, wow. it was nuts. like that whole time frame. I was driving back and forth to the, the nurseries and stocking up. And so I was like, wow, I thought, I thought this was going to be just an okay pivot to get me through the month, but it wound up, you know, being amazing. And the number one question that people had was, you know, how can I support you? Where are you located? And I was like, I, uh, I, besides this pop-up, you can like, I can post plants <laughs> and deliver them. Um, so that kind of stuck in my head as the pop-up wrapped up. And so, um, flash forward to, like a couple weeks later, like two weeks later, um, my friend had gotten me a Groupon massage and it was right down in Norwood Center and I live in Norwood. Um, so I went to the massage place and when I was coming out, I noticed the vacancy signs for my plant shop now. Um, and the thing that caught my eye was the windows. It has these huge, beautiful windows. Um, and so I called them. I think I saw, I think it was like on a Wednesday that I saw it. I saw the sign. I had a showing um, and walked through the space on Friday. And then basically February 28th, I think it was like the last day of February, I got the keys. Um, oh. And originally it was priced way higher than I was hoping for a budget. You know, I, I am, <laughs> I'm making ends meet. So like opening a brick and mortar was not in the plans for me, especially at that time. Um, but because it was COVID, I wound up getting a huge steal on the place. And, um, you know, I had never had a, 
you know, retail business before and didn't know that most leases aren't a year, they're usually three years. Um, and I got a crazy savings over that, that time frame, wow. um, just because no one was opening businesses in the middle of a pandemic. Nice. Um, so I, yeah, so I did all that. I was like, all right, I don't have any money, but I need to find a way to quick, quickly raise the money. So uh, we, I started a GoFundMe page and luckily we raised close to, I think it was like 13,000 on there. And then between that and then just doing tons of pop-ups around the city, um, I was able to raise the money and open doors on May 1st. And so we are fully <laughs> operational. Um, it's been, it's been crazy. It's still a whirlwind experience. I, I think now we're approaching a year that this was like a thought process for me, yeah, like, yeah. Of, of like thinking about selling plants, not even like opening up a physical location, but, um, I had to say, I was like, there's, when I saw the vacancy sign, I was like, there's just no way like th- th- this is clearly my path and I need to go with it. Wow. That is freaking amazing. That's like, <laughs> that is so cool. And it's so inspiring because so many people, they would, even myself, I'm guilty of it, of like having this idea and wanting all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed and like, like, okay, I know I can do this, but like literally having to step out on faith and like literally walk on water, like it's complete (laughs) faith and it's amazing. Um, And to see how all the pieces come together. And I know we were just talking earlier about just now in the process of, okay, operating the business. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs know this and business owners know this. Once you're in it, you have to keep it moving and the funding has to come in. So I know you're looking for more grants and you want to keep it open, but are there anything like specifically that, is there anything specifically that you're looking for or pushing for now um, financially and all of that? How is, what is that process like for you? Yeah. And so because all this happened so quickly, I, and again, my experience as a business owner has been always, you know, a home-based business that would do pop-ups in locations, like not even wrapping my head around, uh, you know, the terms of leases for retail businesses and spaces that is nothing the same as like renting a house or renting a space or buying a house of your own, um, but so for me, because I, I've been building it as I've been running it, it for me now, it's it's the challenge of trying to find that funding. And because, you know, it's a great story to open a business or to be able to open a business, successful business in a pandemic, because just of all the resources, you know, government-wise, a, a lot of different agency-wise, all the resources are going to existing businesses to help them survive. There's not a lot for businesses that were started in the pandemic. We don't, you know, qualify for a lot of that funding. So, you know, I'm in the process of educating myself on which opportunities, you know, I qualify for and makes the most sense. You know, I'm not a grant writer by training. I'm an engineer that just, you know, branched (laughs) out and did a couple crazy things. But um, I've been one of the things that's been helping me along this journey of, especially of like funding and financing is tapping into my network. Um, and there was this audiobook I read is called who not how, and mm-hmm. it's really taught me to 
outsource and find the people that this is second nature to. This is like their zone of excellence and expertise. So um, I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of great people along my crazy path so far. And so just helping, um, you know, working with them um, to find, you know, good contacts, good grants to apply for, um, you know, but anything, anything helps. And I always tell people, especially, you know, as we talk about, you know, women-led entrepreneur, women entrepreneurs, uh, black, you know, BIPOC businesses of color, um, be kind, <laughs> be kind to us because, you know, any business owner is going to run into a lot of these obstacles, but specifically BIPOC and women-owned businesses, we, we struggle in the fin- financing area. So, um, you know, be kind. Uh, my biggest piece now is like not asking those businesses for discounts as we like approach holiday season, just because on top of all that now, like within this last year, everything has gone up. So like I was, I, part of my journey, I worked at Commonwealth Kitchen with working with food entrepreneurs, getting their businesses started and just the sheer cost of food of meat particular that has increased, like that translates to needing to raise prices or, you know, not giving as many discounts as you did before. So, um, you know, so just be mindful when you're doing your holiday shopping this season that things have gone up and we're still, you know, small businesses are still trying to find a way to make a way. Yeah, no, that's so good. And thank you for sharing that. Yes, guys, be kind and no asking for discounts. Because, you know, No, so you, I saw you posted something on IG. Um, it was like last week, I think it was. And I reached out to you after this, but um, it was really inspiring. And I want to read this um, to uh, my audience. And y'all, I'm going to make sure her social media links are here and I want you to follow her. Um, but she said, this year has been all about taking risks, stepping out my com- outside of my comfort zone and applying pressure. Truth be told, it's the happiest season of my life so far. So this is where I'll stay. I owe myself and my tribe a lot. Um, and this is just the warm up. Um, that is so good and it's so powerful and it's so inspiring. And um, well, one, what made you say that? <laughs> then what were you thinking? <laughs> so this was, uh, I was reflecting on, um, so this is Emerald City is also an event space. And so in order to market it as an event, you have to kind of throw an event. So I, um, I had never really celebrated my retirement from working for the man or working for someone else. Um <laughs> And Halloween was a perfect time to get the place all, you know, dolled up for some good pictures so that people can envision their their space here or their events here. And so for me, that was really the time where I kind of got to sit back and reflect on just how much work I've put into this space, how far it's come, even, you know, from opening day one to from May 1st to, you know, October 23rd, the shop looks completely different. Mm. Um, And so I obviously, you know, I'm the driving force behind this, but, you know, my support system is crazy. And so this was also like a a big thank you to them. Um, But I've done, you know, as an entrepreneur, you take a lot of risks. That's just the name of the game. But there was 
there there was there's been no risk greater than opening up a whole brick and mortar and and leaving your steady income to to be able to run that full time right. um and just seeing you know i it one of the things i always tell people as entrepreneurs that you have to have it's, it's hard on some days but you have to overall have a unwavering faith in yourself and your capability and that's exactly what I had there's been you know there's been weekends where I'm like I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage the shop's rent all the bills for both those places and my mountain of student loans from WPI from an engineering <laughs> degree I'm not using um and I'm like I need to I need to find six thousand dollars this weekend I don't know how I'm going to do it but we're going to find it and the universe just makes a way um and so that was that's been the lesson for me this year is just, you know, it's going to be hard, but it's going to be so worth it. And it's, this has been one of the hardest years, but it's also been the most rewarding year um, in and of itself. And so that was kind of just that post was me reflecting on all that basically up until that moment. That is so beautiful. That is so good. No, that is powerful. I, I, I commend you a thousand percent. And I know I've said it over and over on this, on this uh, talk, but I am so proud of you. And I, I'm proud of anyone who is willing to take these risks because um, it's about, it's about doing it afraid and recognizing that in that process, you're going to be caught something is going to, it's going to catch you and you're going to figure it out and it's going to come together. And it takes bravery. The brave evolution is literally just about helping people overcome chronic fear, um, as well as like chronic illnesses, but cause that's what I'm dealing with, but the chronic fear of starting something and stepping out and just doing it. So I'm super proud of you. Super proud of you. Um, <laughs> uh, before we close out, um, can you just share your social medias where people can find you? I want to make sure people do that. Yes. yes. Um, so you can find my personal social media is Q made it Q M A D E I T. Um, and it's my website needs to be updated. I've been <laughs> preoccupied with um, Emerald City, but my website is also qmadeit.com. Um, and then Emerald City, it's Emerald City Plant Shop on IG, on Facebook, and it's emeraldcityplantshop.com for our website. Um, follow both, but my personal page is more so dedicated to the journey of being an entrepreneur um, and supporting all of my entrepreneur tribe. Um, and Emerald City Plant Shop obviously is about all things plants. Awesome. Thank you so much. Quick question. Does Emerald City Plant Shop, do you ship or is it just for locals? So we ship our merchandise. And so okay. if you are a plant parent and, and love cool punny things, my design work has not stopped uh, at Cumated. It's just transferred over to Emerald City. Um, so we ship all of our merchandise, but we don't ship live plants just Got because it. living in New England and with the crazy uh, shipping delays, yeah, we'd be shipping dead plants. So we just save everyone the hassle. <laughs> I got you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Quante. I appreciate you. And I look forward to uh, speaking again soon. <laughs> yes, yes. And when you come back for a visit home, definitely come by the shop. I definitely will. Like, you'll probably be my first spot. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much.
The brave evolution is the courageous journey of self-acceptance and contentment with where you are and the process of full growth into all you were designed to be. We are on a journey of letting go of a negative self-image and the internal struggle to matter, loving and honoring the now you, and embracing the process of all you're becoming. Over the course of my personal journey, I realized my overarching theme in life was all about bravery. And I've made it my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs dealing with chronic illness and or chronic fear to boldly live out their purpose by being healthy, being divine, and being brave. If you are being empowered, encouraged, and enlightened in any way, I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share your testimonials with me at info at chantelhampton.com and or comment on my social media pages. Please find the links in the description. You can also follow us on YouTube at youtube.com backslash chantelhampton. Be sure to subscribe. Your sharing this journey with your community helps me spread the love and bravery. I love and appreciate you tremendously. Until next time, be healthy, be divine, and never stop being brave.